0: Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt. Joining me, as always, is Pete. Welcome back, Pete. Hey,
1: everybody. Hey, Matt. I just want to remind you, I can rupture your spleen with my left pinky blindfolded. (laughs) Ouch. Yes. Uh, Welcome back after our uh, very uh, short uh, podcation, as uh, Matt had coined that there. I uh, just want to remind you we are sponsored with this week's episode by uh, Yankee Candle scented candles, as well as Sunkissed Beverage. <laughs> well done, Pete. Well done. Today we're taking a look at episode 106 of Agents of Shield, which is spelled Capitals uh, F p uh, period Z period z period t period um but i'm gonna say maybe it's supposed to be
0: yeah definitely it's a strange way to do it i feel like i feel like a couple of weeks ago it was showing up online just as fzzt all capital letters with no periods not that not that we're gonna spend you know the next 20 minutes talking about the different possibilities but um i know that uh on the topic of the title just to, to kind of to preview our decrypted transmissions our pal mike had said uh, so was the episode name pure misdirection to Fitz, since it was a simmons episode or was there more beneath the surface i rather like his fits theory i don't know that there i can't come up with anything in the 25 minutes of transpired since the episode ended to come up with some sort of um uh, you know uh, words spelled by fzzt
1: Neither can I. Uh, it's, it's close enough. It's cute. It overlaps. And uh, it works.
0: Indeed, it does. Well, Pete, I cannot wait to jump into this episode that kind of started with a holy X-Files molder sort of energy and just was, I, I think we can say, everybody on Twitter said, this was the best episode of the six so far. This is the show that we have been waiting for and it has arrived.
1: Well, let's debrief then. Uh, we begin in Wrigley, Pennsylvania, and the uh, X-File-ish, ex-file-esque tale of the crying man. And uh, soon enough, we have boys who are crying when their scout leader is uh, an electrified, levitating corpse. <laughs>
0: which is not the usual thing but anyhow no no. um (laughs) yeah I decided to stop myself mid uh, mid comment there but um now Pete just as a a, as a question here would you say that it was a field in Wrigley a sort of Wrigley field Oh (laughs) um but yeah I thought it was just it was a fantastic opening I had wondered Pete were they eyeing this episode to have aired last week the The episode, the week of of uh, Thanksgiving, holy crow, of Halloween. I suspect that's what they were kind of writing in there for for the opening. Oh, if they, it,
1: not only you, that, but you know, as far as we're concerned, the timing, the double lightning bolt at the beginning here. You know, I almost thought, it, assuredly, we were getting the Thor stuff this week.
0: Oh yeah, yes, 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 but we didn't, and you know what? It was an interesting. Um, it was a nice kind of mystery. Um, we kind of had, as has been uh the format of a number of these episodes, we had uh kind of the first the first half um villain, if you will. I don't want to get to Dossier yet, but we kinda of had the first half story and the second half story. But this was definitely you know, as the episode unfolded, we had the mystery of the fizzed uh characters first. We had Sky in the doghouse. It was a nice, you know, reference back to the the bracelet and all yes. that. Um i was a little worried in the beginning pete hollywood 101 uh, kind of a ward sky romance um you know they can touch on that but it, it seemed to that, that, that it was put onto the back burner uh we were back now to kind of the the characters as professionals um and kind of needing to kind of have these boundaries, obviously Fitzsimmons, their connection being exception to that, but kind of they're on, they're in, they're in these close quarters. So they need to force themselves to be all the more professional. And, um, you know, as we look, say at the first act, the first 15 minutes, however you want to divvy it up, uh, definitely a very, very strong start to the episode.
1: Um, I'm still kind of curious as to where they're going with the Fitz and Simmons, uh, angle, um, you know, jumping ahead to what we saw before the the secret scene there at the end, you know, uh, Ward gets to save the day. Um, you know, there 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 seems to be a, a little bit of tension, and and maybe more on Fitz's part, I'm thinking, than um, on Simmons' behalf, and. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing there, there was, there was a really solemn second or two look there at the end as he's clutching the pillow. Um, but, you know, jumping back into it, you know, two weeks off since we had an episode and, you know, hitting all the right, uh, notes, you know, making reference to the fact that sky is still being monitored that she's, you know, uh, having to swipe her card and all this other stuff. Um, I got to disagree a little bit with the format because I don't think this was the, all right, who's the bad guy this week type of episode. Um, this one, I, I feel, was, was written in a straight line. Uh, once we had the reveal, of course, um, which let's save that for the dossier. Let's treat that like the villain um but uh yeah i mean i i dug the heck out of it um i said it on twitter i'll say it here i think this was hands down the best and most emotional episode we've uh gotten of the first half dozen uh,
0: well i certainly would agree with that i think i think universally that's the uh that's the feeling uh and it even worked a little bit of magic for me because i feel that over the course of The previous five episodes and the first ten minutes of this episode, uh, there's just this continuing line of, I really don't like Sky as a character. Um, And she had this line early on, I know I lied to you guys, but I was trying to protect my boyfriend, or perhaps it was ex-boyfriend. I don't remember the exact line. Um, and I just remember sitting there going, ugh, like more of this. It's kind of more of, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D., 90210, we'll return in a moment. Um... But they quickly dispensed with that in this episode. And, I mean, fantastic emotion out of Sky later on in the episode. Um, seeing her surrogate sister okay at the end and all of that. And, um, I mean, I just hope that, you know, when we're looking at, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 10, they look back and they say, it was with, you know, FZZT, that's when the show became the show that we were, that we wanted to do. That's the moment where we kind of found our voice. Um, Because, boy, did this episode work.
1: Well, never has the family um, motif been played up more than it was in tonight's episode, you know, between Sky as a sister, uh, Ward lamenting, you know, he can't protect them from things he doesn't know as the big brother. Okay, Um, And and then the already brother sister, although I think, again, there's some romantic overtone between uh, Fitz and Simmons. Uh, relationship, um, and I'm going to go
0: ahead and disagree there, Pete, because let's not forget Fitz. I mean, I'm not saying they can't go in that direction. Right? But, you know, Fitz was kind of trying to put the moves there on Sky in the beginning, um and yes, maybe you can interpret kind of the final Fitz shot as um, unrequited love or whatever. But I think it was more sold as something creepy something negative something villainous something you know that's that's a thread that they're going to pursue i think in a in a big story way not kind of in a you know meanwhile on the plane i like you do you like me
1: certainly can be certainly can be um you know this idea here that you know we we follow up again the, the marvel universe and you know everything we have to draw from from the films you know, uh, these firefighters early on, uh, you want to talk about families, you know, guys who, who literally, um, you know, run towards burning buildings and, you know, not sure they're going to come back. And, you know, Matt, you love the, the nine 11 parallels, um, to reference this world's nine 11, um, and to bring in, uh, another artifact of, what's happened in the films in the Chitari helmet. And, um, you know, we get to the, um, the infection and everything there. Um, but these guys, these firefighters cross and Whalen and Diaz and, um, you know, great, great work out of, uh, Clark Gregg tonight. Um, uh, you know, through, through his hat in the Emmy ring, as far as I'm concerned tonight with the scene with, uh, the one firefighter and, you know, hinting at what we got more later on, you know, this changed nature, um, that he's gone through. I think we can finally put to rest some of the theories and we'll talk about that in level seven. Um, but taking out the earpiece, telling this guy he's been there, you know, and, um, just really calm, cool, everything that we've come to expect, from colson and a uh a tour de force uh performance tonight
0: i mean absolutely i agree and it was like all of a sudden it's like i didn't know colson slash clark Gregg could go there um this isn't this isn't kind of the show this isn't the character that you presented in the first five episodes not that it was out of character or, or out of the style of the show but all of a sudden it was like like ooh, there's a fifth gear here that that I, you hadn't shown us before um Just incredibly, incredibly effective, and um, you know, you're you're right. I certainly am. uh, I'm very interested in the notion of kind of post 9/11 popular fiction, post 9/11 stories reimagined, whether it's Lost, whether it's Battlestar, and we certainly had some of that here in terms of the uh, uh, sci-fi post-traumatic stress disorder, if you will. I think that's kind of what the what the firefighters were going through. Um, not that they hit it super hard not that it was an episode about you know coming back with your your mental wounds but um, just kind of all all in the mix there and certainly all all pleasant I'll tell you Pete one little area that I thought was a little weak um, and maybe it's weak just by comparison of other shows and other characters this actor has played um, and certainly they're, they're setting him up for more episodes but I thought it was kind of a weak return for Blake um, played by Titus Welliver. Yeah, it was just two scenes. Um,
1: oh, I don't think he's going away. Oh, uh, I would agree, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about a guy that, you know, so in the Marvel Universe so far, he has popped up in the Item 47 Marvel one-shot, which is uh, on the Avengers uh, DVD and Blu-ray. And I think we can unofficially uh call the Chitari helmet item 48. Yes. Um so of course he's associated with this and I've got to wonder whether uh there's some larger scheme going on here. You saw he took the helmet in the box at the sandbox. Um, you know what it what else is going on there, but the the strange tension at the end there, some of it kidding, some of it not so Kidding with Colson, I got to wonder if maybe we could see a Blake um, played so wonderful, wonderfully by um, Titus Welliver. Right. Oh, yeah. of Lost fame. Uh, the Man in Black. Uh, if we're going to see a Blake uh, electron or uh, any other kind of alignment. Uh, not Electron. Who's the... Uh, Graviton? Graviton. I'm sorry. Graviton. Graviton yeah. alignment maybe at some point. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe he's a rising tide uh, operative inside. Who knows? God knows he can play a villain.
0: The Losty in me hopes that he, they don't just go, hey, we need a villain who's like a secret villain. Let's get him. Who's I feel been like on that's, ABC. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, I'd rather find out that he's... They're setting him up as the villain and then he's actually like, you know, the, the last line of defense against blank and he's just, you know, a gut buster to people because that's his job. You know, like like drill sergeants aren't bad people. They just break you down to make you what what the army needs, that kind of thing well, to bring him um,
1: back. for yes. Two scenes in this episode and ass, uh, assuming uh, further work um would be a waste. I got to think he's going to be, you know, a recurring heavy here. Let's hope. Yeah. With that, let's get into our dossier here talking about, you know, Agent Blake and and other potential threats. The biggest threat of course in this episode being the uh alien virus um from uh, apparently a female typhoid Mary Chitari who had uh, this virus on her that uh, latently hid in the helmet. And silly firefighters, don't shine up, polish your um, strange alien, um, you know, uh, souvenirs. (laughs) Because you're going to get infected by, uh, you know, um, extraterrestrial uh, bacteria.
0: Haven't you seen slash heard slash read War of the Worlds? It is the smallest creatures who defeat the Martians, the microscopic bugs and germs and such. That was Um, on
1: right before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tonight. Was it really? Oh, no lie. Uh, Flipping the channels, uh, Tom Cruise 2005 version, which I think is an underrated film, um, right there. Front and center. uh, Caught the really bad uh, Tim Robbins uh, cameo. (laughs) It's all connected, in, Pete. In, in the in the basement. They're not gonna, they're not gonna turn me into, into fertilizer. Ah.
0: <laughs> well, Pete, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's uh I mean what a novel choice of a villain, you know? It's a microscopic sickness. Um that uh I mean I was certainly in early on I was like, oh man, electric, whatever. I know it can't be Magneto because you know Marvel Studios don't, doesn't have uh, the film rights. Magneto, yeah. Oh, is it Electric Guy? You know, it's like <laughs> you just kind of expect you know it's a kind retro of
1: true guy.
0: Indeed, you know, like <laughs> it's it's Black Lightning, Gzz. yeah. <laughs> but they, I mean, they went to, they went a character driven direction. It was absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you saw the third, um, you know. Victim with the eyes going, all right, this guy is clearly sick. It was too dark with, you know, uh, poor scout leader Adam Cross to know he had been infected. And then the other guy we never saw alive who was floating in the barn who had attempted to, you know, uh, take his life with a shotgun. Um, So to see, you know, poor Tony Diaz's eyes. And, you know, not again, all right, clearly something's going on here. But this string of electrified levitating corpses, um, you know, and and finally getting down to the rub of it when uh, poor Gemma Simmons is infected and, you know, Coulson has to be the one to uh, initiate the biohazard protocols. You know, that was a uh, that was a lump inducing uh, sequence there.
0: Absolutely. And. After the act break, you have this great shot where she's back-to-back uh, against the glass with Fitz. Uh, she clearly is upset. Then you, first you see Fitz in reverse. He's smartly working. And then you just see him resisting the urge to fall apart. It was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic use of both of them. Um, I mean, though, I, I don't want to say, like, I had no idea these young British actors could actually act. But this is, you know, a la clark Gregg a bit earlier in the story this has not been asked of them in previous episodes and then to all of a sudden just see wow there's incredible depth there you can play these range of emotions you can see you know simmons is kind of set up a little bit more as the one who i mean because she's confronting her own mortality she's kind of um more on a on a direct line to use your phrase pete in in a different way a direct line of you know depression sadness whatever since she's realizing the clock is clicking for her uh but then with Fitz, who's just kind of has this tension of if he can just you know keep the proper you know the stiff uh, upper lip in proper british fashion um i i do hope as a scotsman i'm not not offending him by i was by, gonna say
1: man you, know, you might have you might have just broken some uh some nationalistic uh <laughs> taboos there but anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that I know that. Like, you know, if you go to some small pub in Scotland and you're using uh, some of the the English money, which is legal tender, but they'll be like, "All right, we'll let you use the the stuff with the Queen's face on it because uh, you're an American," but uh, don't do that again. Um, but anyhow, just for him to try and be be propping up the two of them with, uh, you know, hopes it'll be optimistic, hopes of, you know we, we can figure this out. Just great, great acting out of him. Just wonderful acting.
1: Elizabeth Henstrich and Ian DeCakister are clearly my favorite thing about this show right now. Um, Their uh, interplay as characters and this wonderful, um, you know, duo they've got going, I think, has stolen the show early on. And that's with enormous bright spots like uh, Ming-Na Wen um, as the cavalry Okay, I think Ward has really grown, um, you know, both as somebody who's capable of action as well as uh, some comedic talent, which we've seen well-timed, you know, seduce him. And, (laughs) uh, you know, tonight, um, I I think Ward's Ward is better than Simmons's Ward.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was it was a quite. Quite quite good bit of stuff for him. It really, really was. You know? Um
1: but but they they just continue to come together better in each episode. And yeah, yeah, we know six episodes in, they're not gonna kill a character off. I mean, come on. All right. Um, you know, this is again about putting the pieces in place so that as we get deeper into sweeps here, okay, which Matt. What do I always say about the first seven episodes
0: of a series? That's where you you explore your characters, where you learn what they actually are, not what they were on paper when you were casting for the pilot, and it's where the show is born.
1: Exactly. And it's worth noting that next week will be episode seven, okay? And then the following week, Um, On November 19th when we know ahead of time that we're going to get the Thor uh, 2, the Dark World tied in uh, episode will be our first episode outside of that first seven where we'll start forward uh, momentum as it were in terms of story. Uh, not that we haven't had that, but I think that'll really kick us into overdrive and being able to tie into that, you know, really will um, denote uh, where this series is ultimately heading.
0: That certainly should be a very enterprising episode.
1: It if should. If you get be. it,
0: kids, you get it. If you don't, you
1: will. Well, why don't you explain, Matt? I mean, let's come on. Okay, fair enough.
0: Well, I you know, Pete, I didn't know. I, I know that we we cap it at level six and up to to listen, but um, the uh, the reference there is that that episode, the the post Thor two episode in two weeks' time, is directed by uh, Jonathan Frakes, known best as playing Commander William T. Riker on Star Trek: Next Generation and the Next Generation uh, movies, having directed two of them himself, uh, and also a gentleman that we have had the pleasure of both seeing from afar. At Star Trek conventions and actually having uh walked right by him on his way <laughs> leaving one of them with his little wheelie luggage and saying you know thanks for everything which he might have meant thanks for talking today or he might have taken that but we meant as thanks for thanks for everything Commander Riker um and we can add the uh the latest stuff ep- or you know two weeks time from now uh, that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to to his resume so certainly something to look forward to there Pete.
1: Listen, being able to go to the bullpen and bring in a guy to, you know, not to slum it because he's not doing that. This is a, is a big show with big expectations. But to be able to bring a guy with multiple feature films to his credit to come in and direct an important episode of this TV show is huge. And that's just another thing that Marvel and ABC and Disney bring to this equation and uh i am really looking forward to i have circled that date uh, not that i don't circle each episode of agents of shield but i have circled that date and and i'm really really looking forward to that one
0: absolutely and pete before we uh before we move on just a couple of quick little nuggets for me uh, just kind of some fantastic uh, little details here. Uh, after the death of death of Mouse Two, which is the the first Mouse death that we see, there's a great little addition of uh, fits with a red nose. Just a, a subtle makeup choice. Uh, it's contrasting his solid delivery, along with uh, you know the fact that things aren't going too well. And uh, as for the the fixing it montage, that was Bear McCreary for the win. I feel. There's times that shows, particularly The Walking Dead, but there's times that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also hasn't completely let Bear McCreary, as the the musical composer, do what he does best. And this was just an opportunity of, you know, wow, Bear McCreary, full force there, playing the scene, to paraphrase from uh, another composer in another show. And um, just added to what was already a fantastic episode, Pete.
1: Well, to overtly reference uh, what you were just talking about there, he's not Michael Giacchino, but he's probably Well, I I will say it. He is the best composer working on TV today that he's on two big shows that I will draw a connection to uh, later on when we talk level seven here with The Walking Dead and. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is, is enormous. But I think this was a coming out party for him as far as this show's scoring was concerned tonight. Um, yeah, we have kind of an overarching theme, but to get into some subtlety, which, you know, neither show features a ton of music. I mean, The Walking Dead being very Spartan in its use, of uh themes um you know agents of shield having more so uh the the musical component but more akin to what i would call sonic wallpaper nothing terribly distinct and tonight it was distinct music
0: absolutely check out his website both you pete and listeners as well he i i happen to wander across it particularly after the um the, the episode with uh was it akila was that her name the yes oh it was is uh the I episode yes and he there's all this this thought that he puts into it you know how like her theme is supposed to kind of mimic the sound akila akila something like that where it was just this super complex explanation i'm saying and some of it was over my head musically but i was just like this guy is sharing his process online how cool is that it's kind of behind the scenes inside his head and whatnot so
1: oh, check it out pete He's great. And, you know, go back and listen to any of his Battlestar Galactica stuff. I mean, he will be hard pressed to equal that, I think, ever again in his career. I just think that's such a a highlight. I I have all of those tracks um, and, you know, just excellent, excellent stuff. I I don't know if he's going to get that type of opportunity on these shows because they're so very, very different. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking space opera, you know, with uh, with Battlestar and, you know, uh, a, a zombie soap opera and, uh, you know, a, a superhero uh, spy show. Not necessarily, but he can grow in other ways. And I'm looking forward to uh, to that element
0: on here. Sometimes you just can't get no relief. This is true.
1: let's talk a little level level seven uh, segment here tonight matt and uh we lead off with a reference to uh the index which has been talked about before and there was an initial concern that whoever was doing this to these poor uh victims uh had a power that was not yet on the index thought maybe there might be some connection to thor not just yet um what do you make of that?
0: Ah, uh, i thought that certainly the reference back was nice there was this moment i had this pang in my heart where i'm like oh my goodness in the marvel cinematic universe on this index they don't have the fantastic four or spider-man or the x-men that's just the way it is like there's some treat that universe is real and they're like something about skeleton and metal coming out of your hands what <laughs> crazy talk <laughs> what is this one of those funny books that you read when you're at the dentist those comic book books what is that but um I, i thought that if nothing else it was a nice way to say we do have this larger world of unique people out there and uh we're keeping track and um it's not one of them it was a nice way to kind of say early on this isn't some guy in a cape this isn't magneto picking picking up the 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 metal coffee cup ever, you know, round the campfire, which was my first thought certainly. I was like, you know, quick at the lawyers on the phone. They just did a magneto moment. But Right. And um, and
1: I think, you know, part of that is the misdirection is, you know, oh, what what is it this week? And it can't be the villain of the week every week. You know, if it's gonna be this hybrid superhero procedural, well, you can't have a bad guy in the truest sense of the word every week. And it, it it worked. It played perfectly. Um, the Colson stuff. Once again, you know, we talk theory every week and we can finally put to rest a couple of the different theories. Right, Matt?
0: I hope we can. I mean, I wrote down some of the dialogue here. Shall I, shall I try and perform it for you, Pete? Sure. All right. So he says, I got hurt once. Pretty bad. I died. Some say it was for only eight seconds, but I know it was more than that. I know it wasn't there anymore. And he's asked, you know, where'd you go? I was there. It's beautiful. Um certainly that's you know, Pete, I'll I'll put it back to you. What does that what does that uh bit of dialogue suggest to you in terms of what is fair game for a theory and what is not?
1: Well, first off, we have it nearly verbatim in our notes, so clearly it was important. Um what that suggests to me um and it is later backed up by his uh showing of the scar um is that while he's changed, there is still the Coulson we know in love within him um he's clearly been through the trauma. I come back to the magical element. there's some magic at work beyond the magic of medical science uh you know, Thor reference there. Okay. That, um, allows him to be alive and, and functioning at the level, um, despite the trauma that he's, went he's, he's gone through. I love that May has her own scar here that, that was shown, um, you know, overtly for the first time tonight and they have that, you know, that shared bond, um, tahiti what's tahiti i i think at some point we're going to get an episode where all that is dealt with um i'm going to circle february sweeps at this point as far Mm -hmm. as when it'll come to that there's there's too much to do with captain america in april the end of the season will very clearly be about setting up guardians of the galaxy later in the summer they don't want to let people forget that that's coming um spoiler pete says uh february 2014 we will know what happened to colson
0: It, i mean they're moving at a good pace here they've said this is going to be a season one mystery and then that'll be that as uh as jeff Loeb said it's not going to spend i are not going to spend six seasons finding out if we are an island on the back of a turtle which is well I'll fight that lost battle a different day, but um, I I mean Pete, I agree with your logic. Um, that said, couldn't here's an alternative picture for you. Pete, couldn't you do pre or post Captain America stuff in late March or early April uh, ride the Captain America wave into May and have you know the final four hours of the season, you know, or whatever it might be? be really hammering home on the Colson stuff um, to kind of shape this first season being about Colson.
1: Oh, I mean, undoubtedly. And I'm not going to say we're going to know definitively come, uh, you know, February what it was, you know, one mystery begets another. And as much as Jeff Loeb might want to run away from, you know, uh, the lost, uh, you know, further down the rabbit hole type of idea um, you know, watch them go ahead and uh, use it when it suits their purposes.
0: Ironic since he got so lost going down the rabbit hole of heroes and he did see the ratings <laughs> the ratings reflect that. but
1: uh, uh, all right, I, I gotta get in here and stop this. Matt, the sandbox, our second top secret facility <laughs> after the slim shot, okay, uh, reference to the Moroccan government. What's up with all these uh, desert uh, <laughs> uh, hideaways
0: desert hideaways well Pete I think it's because traditionally you don't have a lot of people living in a desert so if you had a giant rocket facility uh, in in the middle of a major metropolitan area that that might that might hurt people um, but I don't know I mean to me it's it's kind of you know joking aside it's kind of evocative of this kind of you know spy world. Um, you know, as you say, the slingshot, the sandbox, what's next? What S, what, you know, kind of uh, childhood toy uh, type things start with the letter S? The slinky. The slinky. Ooh, that yes. could be maybe the... That, that could be when they go to the, the Hadron Collider. That kind of looks like a Slinky in, a, it, in an it abstract is. way. It's
1: Slinky. It's Slinky. It, it violates the laws of physics.
0: <laughs> it may destroy the planet by creating a black <laughs> hole and proving that there is no God.
1: It might be why Coulson's alive.
0: <laughs> Everyone knows Slinky. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, to me, it was just, it was, you know, they're able from this one set right the one set of 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 the plane the bus you f- open the the gate the, whatever the ramp in the back you throw a green screen on there you in post you project a uh a desert or this or that and they're on the same stinking sound stage in between you know waiting for like you know, somebody to yell cut lunch and it's anywhere they want to be it, it's a wonderful device the bus is it really really is because you buy that they were in morocco or the african desert or whatever
1: Oh definitely. And and you know that that's part of the allure is the international cachet of this show and, and no doubt helping sell that overseas.
0: Well Pete, something else I'll mention particularly, you know, having having conversed with Mr. DeKester at New York Comic-Con to to see Fitz there in that final shot. Um, I felt as I said earlier, I felt that both the music and the fact that they kind of held on to him thinking it went from kind of like oh boy i'm glad that's over glad that's over to like oh boy i'm glad that's over i have some secret thoughts and they kept going and it's like i have really secret thoughts and it turned sinister particularly with kind of the the capper at the end that bear mccreary put there i don't know pete tell me what does it mean you you have scripts that were written for season eight what does it mean
1: i don't want to tell you just yet Ooh. um but I told you, I, I, I get that at least to Fitz, that peck on the cheek um, was more than a peck on the cheek. And, you know, what rips families apart, Matt?
0: Uh I, I hope it's not brothers and sisters smooching which is kind of the analog to what at the end of the episode though i imagine that could do no, quite, quite a no. bit of damage incest to keeps
1: families strangely together um <laughs> no no uh jealousy rips uh, families apart and you know um just since this is the theory segment of of the podcast you know um So coming back to Simmons, you know, Gemma decides to jump um, and Matt, as I'm sure you know, an educated man, most uh, suicidal jumpers actually die before they hit what they're jumping to. I did not know that. I thought you were going to give some sort of
0: gender statistic, but wow.
1: No, 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 no. They they die um, almost all the time of cardiac arrest. Uh, because of the fright, because of the hopelessness of the situation, the realization of that. Um, there's been some studies done, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge has a, obviously, a as a locale has oh, a little yeah. bit of an issue with suicide and they're actually full-time rangers who are employed. That is their job to prevent and, and to watch out for jumpers. They're trained in, um, uh, you know, uh, techniques, um, as far as negotiation and, and, you know, grief counseling, that kind of thing to help people who are, who are maybe on that very, uh, dark, uh, path. And, um, you know, was the virus in some way, uh, keeping her from doing that. And and then we know of the, the flash and, and everything that goes on there. Um, but the idea here that you know we're we're talking about that the very heavy-handed but heavy-handed in a good way you know there's no going back there's only moving forward you know we've posited before that is Coulson in the throes of becoming a superhero um, he's exhibiting skills he's and personality traits he's not previously had um, is this something that uh, Gemma Simmons Uh, can uh, aspire to or become at some point. Fitz Mm. was similarly exposed to this Chitauri virus. Was he changed in such a way? Could it have different effects on different people depending on exposure? Um, Is something more sinister up with him?
0: That certainly is an interesting argument to make pete um my initial reaction is ugh but that would change the the nature of the show but then i think of a show i mean that's that's the setup of smallville essentially right which is like hey i'm completely normal whoa i feel a little woozy around those rocks and then then you fast forward 10 years and it's i am superman I Um, do
1: not know that superhero or its comic publishing company or that TV show or anything you're talking about right now. Uh, Make mine Marvel, Matt.
0: Well, as a side note, uh, the fact that DC Comics is moving operations to Burbank to be closer to corporate synergy and warner brothers and whatnot it's like you don't get it there's still a fully functional marvel comics that just does comics in new york and then there's a fully functional marvel studios 45 minutes from disney headquarters which is enough distance for them to do the, have their own space they're not all under one big roof how how is marvel this successful and dc is do, saying hey you know those things that marvel does let's do the opposite i don't get it it's so heartbreaking. Well, it's heartbreaking as a DC. Somebody who grew up on DC, it's wonderful in light of an episode like this that that they haven't figured out because this is excellent. This is this is the show we wanted. This is the comic book story that we, universe that we want to live in that we have lived in since 2008. It's just emboggles it the mind.
1: It's it's left me scarred and on scars. Matt, uh, Melinda May instructs Phil Coulson to take off his shirt and you're thinking, Whoa, hang, hang on a second. Okay. And we can finally put, I think many of the ideas to rest here, that he's a clone or that he's a robot or anything like that. Having seen the scar. Okay. Yes. We didn't probe the wound here. Thomas didn't uh, get in there and, and you know, Look for the uh, the nail holes in the hands or anything like that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Thomas,
0: oh, that Thomas Yes,
1: that Thomas doubting Thomas, okay. but as I hinted at before, so the the line is there's no going back, only moving forward, okay. A major theme on season four of The Walking Dead has been this idea do you get to go back? to what you were and and Rick Grimes has been struggling with that, trying to uh, desperately maintain a sense of humanity that if you know anything about the graphic novels has been completely stripped away. Um, and, you know, the, the show on its similar and, you know, dissimilar path to doing that. But I'm going to make the prediction right now that, you know, Three seasons down the road, it's going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the biggest show on TV, like The Walking Dead is now. And it's going to be because of moments like this in this episode. For my money, yeah, the, the um, portion of the episode uh, earlier with, um, with Fitz and Simmons and uh, with uh, Coulson and the firefighter, great okay? This was the thing the entire episode was built around, though. We're gonna need a Coulson reveal. Let's get May in there. Clearly, they have the most in common, okay? And this whole idea that, um, you know, he's a person still. He's not a life model decoy or uh, anything else. Um, you know, I, I think we got a modicum of answers which you know Jeff Loeb knows that's what it's about. You you reveal in pieces not all at once.
0: Pete I you can't argue against what you just said. Um, because if, well, when you initially teased this at the top of the podcast I was saying well yeah but it could be. ah, uh, But you have your special robot heart underneath or it's you've been cloned to have the scar but story wise this is an episode um or or at least that scene is a moment for colson to reveal his humanity his his underlying humanity and i don't think that you would be highlighting that if you knew uh you know in 10 episodes time he's actually just a clone you know which is kind of human but kind of like not you or you know robot or et cetera, et cetera. So you've, you've completely won me over to, uh, to that argument. And as a side note, Pete, it all, that scene also furthered the, uh, the family metaphor by having, um, you know, mom and dad kind of get into a, a moment of undress and then nothing happened.
1: Wow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so speaking of, uh, you know, people, uh, outside of the family. So it, last thing here, agent Blake, OK, picking up uh, item 48 there, the the helmet um, revealed to Coulson that what Coulson already knew that the chat they had was not private. So we have further uh, division within S.H.I.E.L.D., whether that's Blake, whether those are forces outside of Coulson and Blake. But uh, this new Coulson here, as Blake points out, you know, uh, get used to it. Um, you know, this is not the end of of this storyline with something afoot within S.H.I.E.L.D. itself.
0: Certainly, certainly, uh, I agree, and I look forward to seeing more of of Agent Blake.
1: Matt, let's talk some decrypted transmissions here. It's been two weeks. We have a little bit of a backlog as far as uh, some correspondence coming through.
0: We certainly do, and I think a fantastic place uh, to start is something that put a smile on both our faces. We have an iTunes review from R.J. Bird. Uh R.J. says, mission accomplished, five stars. Uh, this is the best Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, period, he says. There are some that come close, but always listen here first. Keep up the great work. So, I mean, just overwhelming praise there from rj
1: thank you rj very heartfelt and uh, much appreciated
0: uh we also had a tweet from our pal michelle ink as rain on twitter who said you've been gift and there was this link to the and there was actually you know it was a particular post on there um which is a kind of a, a series of six gif panels in which uh, you have uh isn't a it GIF? Matt, GIF. I prefer to say <laughs> GIF. I know there's a whole debate. I, just... I
1: believe it's been uh, announced by the creators that it is GIF, like the peanut butter.
0: Well, I think that um, English is a fluid language, not subject to uh, empirical uh, blatherings à la French and Spanish. And uh, anyhow, there's this wonderful GIF or GIF or motion <laughs> mo- motion series of still pictures. Uh, where Mr. DeCakister and Miss Henstridge are, are at the New York Comic Con and the first panel says, audience member, any chance that we'll ever get uh, – the? sorry, let me try that again. Any, it's almost, I, these words are so unfamiliar. Any chance that we'll ever get going to see fits with a monkey? Which I don't think was the exact words. Yes, but all your base is...
1: are belong to us, by the way. <laughs>
0: but it's the whole thing he goes oh i mean yeah if i had it my way i'd have a monkey already it's a pretty good idea isn't it to have an assistant mon- monkey uh elizabeth says it, would it be a cowardly monkey he said no it'd be a brave monkey um so it goes on for a couple more panels there check it out i was certainly um i was certainly just tickled pink to see that that was that had the fitz monkey concept let alone i'm the audience member right like it's me saying that um it, it just i was tickled pink to see that kind of um grow out of our little moment at new york comic-con and our our circle of friends on the podcast
1: well this is the perfect time to announce that you're changing your twitter handle from at looking back to um audience member
0: <laughs> um well a it's looking back lost and b no, I will not become audience member. But you can call me audience member. I actually should email that site or fill out a thing or whatever and be like, hey, that's me or whatever. I don't know. But it's it's, it's cool that that happened. So thank you, Michelle, for finding that and sending it along to us. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: Uh, we also heard from uh, our pal ZP International on Twitter who said quite succinctly but oh so accurately, I want a Melinda May backstory episode.
1: I think it's Which, coming. I,
0: um,
1: I think uh, next week could be a logical time to slide that in. Again, we know the least about her to this point. Um, so that would only make sense at the end of this first seven uh, skein and then uh, on to whatever the Thor tie in is going to bring.
0: We also had a message from Mike Sorensen. Uh, this was uh, during the episode. He said, prediction. Colson will go after her, being uh, of course Simmons, go after her with Lola. Pulse will hit her and make her float for impact. Then the anti serum kicks in. Um, I have no problem with his prediction, other than it happened not to be the direction that the uh, the writers went. I mean, certainly the Grant stuff was fantastic, but his prediction makes a ton of sense. Actually, I'm surprised they didn't go that go that way.
1: No, I I had seen that as well, and I I thought you know. All right. That that might be the way we want to put it, Um, but that they went another direction. You know, they know what they're doing.
0: Right. We also had a tweet from Mike D uh, who Mike D the the Beastie boy. I don't think so. This is Davis MF five one five oh on Twitter. Yeah. but uh, he basically said something that you have since said pete is this item 48 or is it going to be called item 48 or that sort of thing and i don't think that it was formally called that in the episode but it was um i, I we can all call it item 48 i'm sure that across the the twitter world that's what it's being called
1: it's entirely possible i mean where do you draw the line as far as uh, that numerical sequencing is concerned is it you know things that uh, came out of the Battle of New York specifically from the Chitari or the Skrull as they are known in the comic universe. Um, we'll have to see, but I think that uh, Blake's involvement here draws all that stronger connection and and surely people are going to be going back and checking out the one shot that he appears in. Now we're going to oh, be yeah. getting the other agent that is in uh, that with him was in the Avengers uh, itself on the bridge of the Hell Carrier, he is going to be on the show uh, eventually as well. So again, they are ratcheting up, um, you know, this cinematic and television universe.
0: And Pete, I know we had discussed this, you know, in the real world, in In the time since the last podcast, they also announced the casting of another agent who um, she, there's some sort of backstory where she and her girlfriend, who also worked at Shield, had a had a parting of ways. Uh, I don't remember the particulars because it was like a full two weeks ago at this point. But um, yeah, it's kind of like if, it's a very small cast, this core cast of five. But they're kind of keeping their their um, oh secondary characters or, or kind of the people that they interact with, keeping that list quite large. So I'm looking forward.
1: Definitely, and and just you know quickly because it's it's essentially breaking news today is that you know Marvel is uh, bringing back Ms. Marvel, and uh, she's going to be a teenage Muslim girl from uh, Jersey City. So who knows, you know, if not this season, seasons down the road, you know, and something that could be fodder for the show.
0: Well, speaking of that, uh, Marvel. Uh, cinematic Universe, the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. We had an email from our pal Ian, uh, who, uh, by the way, did receive his button. It had to go, you know, across the Atlantic. Uh, he received his button for being Agent of the Week, and um, we were happy of that, happy about that. But he also got to see Thor before the rest of us in this uh, country, since it's uh, opened abroad first. And, Speak for uh,
1: yourself, man. I've already got well, the Blu-ray,
0: <laughs> Blu-ray special scenes, et cetera director's commentary track um as we in the states look ahead to thor opening this upcoming weekend here's some mostly spoiler free stuff from ian he kind of takes great pains to drop a couple kind of hints but not say too much so here we go he says overall i i enjoyed it a lot it was a great marvel story lots of action fun and surprises quite a few moments that made the whole audience laugh out loud too, uh, two and one in particular that was totally unexpected by me at least there were a couple of cameos in the film one that you would expect and one that sort of defines a marvel movie and one that i would say was totally unexpected ian goes on to say the film was a little long perhaps and dragged a little in parts but not much certainly not enough for me to be unhappy with paying my hard-earned cash for it Uh, the exposition at the start is a little heavy but it pays off in the end Um, he says it did uh, slightly irk me that some scenes reminded me of the star wars prequels Certainly, certain sound effects, but not enough to spoil the film. He starts to wrap up by saying that the location of the Earth-based scenes was especially interesting for me. Says Ian, as uh, I had been practi- uh, as I had been at practically every one of them last weekend. So, I suppose certainly feeling like a small world. Um, he says now I hesitate to mention Shield as that may be spoiler Pete territory. Maybe you should watch the film and find out for yourselves. And uh, he tells us to watch out for um, the obligatory extras. And uh, he says that he hopes yeah, this is during the credits and um, says it's actually split into two small snippets. He hopes our agents get called to do some investigating. And he says, that's all for now. And don't call me an intern. So, Pete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ian is definitely not an intern. He works in the department uh, outfitting uh, our agents of S.H.I.E.L.D here uh you know he he's the tailor extraordinaire um when it comes to our agents and uh you know again having seen the film as I already have uh you know i'm going to uh let discretion be the better part of valor right now and and just keep my mouth shut matt until when
0: until when indeed we will be seeing it this weekend we're going to podcast you will it this be weekend seeing it. you will be seeing it. well you'll be seeing it again you told me off air yes. that, that that you'll be you'll be seeing it with a couple of uh, uh, of those who have yet to see it yeah um, we will be of course podcasting it we'll share that podcast on our pop culture feed which is fantasticgeek.blogspot.com is the web page well that'll be dropping tentatively this upcoming sunday and then it'll hit the uh, shield podcast feed on monday so all the more incentive to to sign up for that second feed as well or let that be be your home feed but certainly uh, as i say november 10th sunday it'll hit tentatively uh the uh, pop culture podcast feed and then uh the 11th 1111 is when the shield uh uh podcast feed will carry it and then of course we'll be back next Tuesday to continue talking about shield so we have some uh, more thor to be sure to look forward to. <laughs> wow. That's just that just came naturally. It's just boom boom boom. It's the electric in the air, Pete. Zzz. Get it? Yeah. Speaking of wow, that's perfect timing, Pete. Um, people aren't going to believe that this. Ne- you don't know what this next tweet is. It's just perfect timing. Uh, we have a tweet from James Roach which is at Jim underscore Roach on Twitter, uh, who I believe was also we, we had a, a Mr. Roach who left us a, a, a review on uh, on iTunes. I'm assuming it's the same guy. Uh, he said, I'm hoping bzz, is the maiden call of a Fitzmonkey. Coulson lives.
1: Hey, could very well be.
0: I I'm I'm excited at the prospect of that. Yay Fitzmonkey. Did See, you say we,
1: yay FitzMonkey or did I hear something else?
0: No, I said yay Fitzmonkey. Oh, okay. Okay. I was also picking something up off the floor, so yeah. um if my audio wasn't wasn't perfect, which we'll be talking about in a moment. Um Quick uh, other tweet from our pal Michelle. She said, just re listening to the last episode and thought I'd clarify the official ship name, which of course is short for relationship, uh, <sighs> name for Ward and Sky is Skyward. <laughs> so I tweeted her to ask if the Fitz Sky shipping would be Skits.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: with that, Pete. Let's move on to an email from uh, Rich Dainty in the UK. He says, Rich from the UK again. After watching the girl in the flower dress and listening to your podcast, I was thinking about Sky and not just her and her underwear. The redacted document had a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo splashed over it, and so it would seem that Sky or whoever she is, had at some point been on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar. Did she man- manage to drop off it, or had they always been monitoring her? What do you guys think? Keep up the good work. Rich Dainty from his iPhone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That I can tell you again with the level 8 clearance that I've been granted is S.H.I.E.L.D. has a file on everyone. They make the NSA look like Steamboat
0: Willie. Well, boy, oh, boy. How ironic that you should say that on, you know, November 5th when we... (laughs) ponder such such thoughts yeah i won't say any more since uh, the man is already listening with that pete let's let's let the clouds darken for a moment i had said on twitter about 10 11 12 days ago certainly after our last podcast that we received a negative email something that i think would that certainly when i first read it kind of stirred the passion and pete at that i i know pete i've generally described this person's email but you do not know the text of it are you ready for some for some some harsh words here pete
1: i am going into this spoiler free and uh yeah i have been looking forward to this
0: preview get ready for the twist ending here so this is from gregory gregory lynn he said since you asked in all i have three issues with the show the fact that i listened despite these things suggests y'all rock That said, and I may editorialize some of Gregory's language here, please, for the love of all that is holy, stop blanking with your mics. When you do this, it makes noises that get piped right into our ears, and it is incredibly annoying to the point that when I'm listening, I want to shout at you and stop it. I want to shout at you to stop it, and that annoys my wife. So Pete will stop there. Pete, what is the source do, do we want to address specifically, I certainly in my in my email back to Gregory, I didn't name which guy, but do we want to discuss why sometimes you might hear a little crinkle of the mic being moved around?
1: Well, I mean, uh, we do this over Skype and uh, it's an imperfect uh, system. And I think that a lot of it can be traced back to that. Um, apart from the fact that You know, uh, because to this point we're, you know, largely unfunded. Um, This is not a professional studio setting. So we're making do with what we got. And um, I'm sorry that it's apparently not up to uh, the level that uh, this gentleman expects for the podcast he's paying for. Oh, wait he's not paying for it
0: yeah i mean in all in all um uh transparency one of us it doesn't matter who one of us uses a uh, a mic from the game rock band a usb mic from the game rock band the other of us has a slightly more expensive microphone which sits upon a tissue box in order to be at the right height so, so
1: yeah, I'm using the rock band, mic, is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> I'm not i Pete, I know, a, I wasn't going to say who's who. It doesn't matter who. Because as I've said to you, Pete, there are weeks where I'm like, why does Pete sound better than me? He has a video game mic and I have the expensive mic. But bottom line is, hey, d- Pete, there were times today while you were talking where I had to turn around and throw a compact disc toward, not at, but toward my dog who was snoring. We're I don't want to say that we're amateurs because we have enough experience under our belts, to not the be amateurs, but we're certainly not pros.
1: I would but, disagree and, I would completely disagree with that, Matt. Um, I have been compensated for uh, what I do. Um, you bring a level each week that is an exemplar of what a professional in terms of broadcasting and producing is, so put that in your pipe and engineer it.
0: Well, fair enough. Let's continue with Gregory. He says, periodically, there are these odd little blips of silence, almost like a record record skipping, if y'all are old enough to know what that sounds like. It's a little annoying, not really a big deal, but you might want to look into it. With that, Pete, I'll I'll take that one. That is certainly um, a Skype thing that occasionally happens. Um, And you know what? I'll can we blame skype yes i know it happened to be worse the last episode that we did as it was happening i was aware of hearing it happen a little bit and i think gregory actually has a fair point here because i was honestly like "Eh, i'm so bloody tired it was a very busy week in the real world i was like i could go back and find each one of those and close the little gap that happens and i didn't and you know what here i feel gregory saying hey not for nothing if it's gonna take Three to five minutes, which I could tell you from a technical end, it wouldn't take much more than that. Let's go from 95% perfect to 98% perfect. So I feel like, just so you know, Gregory and everybody else, that's the source of it. Is sometimes, despite my high-speed internet and Pete's high-speed internet, sometimes, you know, <laughs> with the things that go on in the world down on the the, the tubes and the trucks driving through the tubes and whatnot, uh, yeah, there might be a little skip here and there. But Pete, moving on the, here... Here, Gregory chastises us the most, he says, And third, sometimes it seems like you assume that folks listening know a heck of a lot more about the Marvel Universe than the show. It's one thing to assume folks have seen the movies, which are all fairly recent, fairly successful, and fairly accessible, if someone wants to go back and watch them. Stuff that's in the comics, on the other hand, I wouldn't even know where to start to figure out the whole story. Like when you reference the Vision thing or the Scarlet Witch, if you could drop... Uh, a sentence or two in there so that those of us who haven't, who don't have the whole universe at our fingertips can at least get a bit of context. It would be helpful. He says, you have a really great show. Keep doing good things. So Pete, how, tell us your lengthy background knowledge of vision.
1: Let me roll up my sleeves here. Okay. Um, And and I will admit this probably at the consternation And really, uh, the questioning of a lot of our listeners. I have not read Marvel comic book number one, as in not issue number one. I've never (laughs) read one. Um, and I'll admit that for these purposes, uh, I'm what you call a quick study. And, um, you know, I'm aware of those comic books. Uh, the characters interest me, but they interest me in a in a filmic and in a, a television sense. Um, not that I would never uh, deign to read that material. It's just, you know, not something I'm doing right now. Um, I'm sorry that I picked up the Scarlet Witch or Vision uh, from references and other snippets online. Uh, and, and other things that I know that might be in play in the Marvel Universe, uh, you know, casting announcement, announcements of Avengers, Age of Ultron and other things like that. But, um, you know, hey, thanks for the credit. Um, but, yeah, sorry. You know, so, some things really just don't demand the exposition we're here for the exposition of the show. When it becomes an issue on the show, if we're going to make a reference as far as a theory or anything like that, it really doesn't demand the exposition. Um, and that aids in the immersive nature of this medium. If you're interested in it and we drop a reference to it, we're not going
0: to belabor the point. Pete, certainly an excellent point. And here, are you ready, Pete, for the the secret podcast twist ending the shocking moment bring it here's the shocking thing pete we have well, i guess i'll just cut to the chase first because gregory was willing to share these thoughts on how to improve uh gregory wins one of the agents of the week slots we have you know those of you who remember us back from the al, the beginning of the alcatraz days You know, there are some people who can have a microphone and do a podcast and turn it into some sycophantic trip where all you want to hear is how great you are. And we love the iTunes reviews. We love hearing from people and we love interacting with people. But you know what? It takes Phil Coulson-sized cojones to sit and say, (laughs) I really like your podcast. Now I'm going to spend 80% of my email telling you things that I don't like.
1: Ripping up, y'all.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That's guts there especially i mean some of it the little blips and whatnot that skype can put in if it's a little you know it's a little bit of haziness here and there some of it you know goes to the territory but darn it gregory thank you for speaking up and uh thank you for as i said colson size cajones i'll be in touch there about sending you uh your button gregory the gutsy maybe perhaps a a Blake agent of the week, but agent of the week, nonetheless,
1: much respect. And, you know, in in truth, uh, it's important to listen to, uh, critics, be it constructive or otherwise. Uh, and, and that's how we get better. And absolutely. Even Colson would say, you know, the rising tide has taught him a little bit about himself.
0: (laughs) Well, Pete, we have one more bit of info and I think we should set the scene. I don't know how it was in other parts of the country, but here, watching on uh, ABC Seven at New York, there it is. It's eight oh two. The episode has just started, ah. and what happens? They break into the bleeping episode to declare, uh, to declare that you know the governor of New Jersey has been reelected. Something that we knew, and I'm saying this in a totally partisan way. Because Pete and I are the opposite ends of the political spectrum sometimes. Well, I but,
1: have no politics uh, as, a, as a former full-time reporter. So, you know, you try to guess them all you want. You're never going to know how I vote.
0: That the governor of New Jersey was reelected was not t- – today was not news a month ago or a week ago. There was literally an article, article on Politico.com yesterday about his victory today. He won by a two-to-one margin. Why did they take away 30 seconds of my TV show? You know what we lost, Pete? We lost some dialogue. However, Pete, what happened?
1: Well, thankfully, again, you know, this is where we help one, anor- one another out in the Twittersphere. Uh, a-, a newcomer to the game at... Marvel's Agents, uh, the handle of Marvel's Agents, was able to catch me up on the piece of dialogue that we missed. Um, My uh, broadcast cut out right after we had seen uh, poor uh, Adam Cross uh, levitating there in the woods and then picked up uh, shortly after Coulson was stepping off of a treadmill on the bus and i missed some stuff i missed the title card and i, I missed some uh some important uh if not humorous dialogue in between and apparently colson said in between there uh i don't sweat i glisten
0: yes and that was uh, tweeted by at marvel's agents and uh like you said pete we're all on the same team here we're all helping each other out so for that at Marvel's Agents,
1: we award you an additional Agent of the Week status.
0: So, welcome aboard. Indeed. I'll, I'll be in touch so you can collect your button. And uh, with that, Pete, I look at the time here in an episode that we thought was going to be like, hey, this will be a shorter one. I believe this is uh, the longest podcast yet for the best episode yet. But Pete, if people want to share feedback to the podcast, they can always say hello to us on Twitter where we are Fantastic Geek, that's with a PH. You can send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. You can leave a message on the listener line 732-707-1815. You can leave a comment on the webpage, shieldpodcast.blogspot.com. And of course, Pete, you are, as I mentioned each week, you're you're renowned on Twitter. How can, how can people reach out to you individually? Well,
1: 1,268 people can't be wrong. You can find me on Twitter at Peter P i e t e r J
0: My personal Twitter is looking back lost, and uh, I certainly am looking ahead to next week. And then, of course, we have the the Thor freaks episode in two weeks' time. And then uh, I don't think they've announced much beyond that. But before we know it, we're going to be in kind of you know probably a four or five six week break for the holidays. Uh, for the pod, yeah, you know, for for the the television show, and thus the podcast. But I guess we'll get there. When we get there, Pete.
1: Uh, believe the Latin is uh, hiatus, Matt.
0: Ah, yes, whatever whatever that can mean in, in that ancient tongue. Um, but with that, Pete, I think I'm all I'm all talked out for tonight, and I uh, leave you your final word.
1: I don't sweat. I glisten.